and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Hi, today we're going to be talking with Floor Bromley. Floor is a bilingual actress, singer, songwriter, storyteller, and puppeteer from Peru. She attended a performing arts school in Peru and later moved to New York City to study musical theater. In 2016, she released her first bilingual family album called Cheeky Music Boom, and in 2020, she released her second bilingual family album called Fiesta Global, which is an album of super fun dance songs. Fiesta Global was named one of the best family music albums of 2020 by the American Library Association. She has recently released her third album called Pachamama, which is a tribute to Mother Earth and to Flora's indigenous roots. Her all-Spanish album, Aventuras, just dropped and is on all streaming platforms. Welcome, Floor. Thank you for having me. So I'm really happy you're on because you were my first friend <laughs> in children's music. <laughs> and true. I'm so happy that you're here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better and like to talk to our friends that are listening on the other end. Basically, the reason I started this podcast is because I've noticed, you know, in our Facebook groups online and reading about what people say, like in their press releases and I noticed that people have kind of varying but really interesting ideas about why we make children's music. So everyone has like a different kind of theory behind it. Now, I'm not trained. I didn't go to school for early childhood education. I just happened to be working with children often and I just kind of fell into this. And so I'm curious how you started and kind of what your motivation is and what what your theory is behind, like why you make children's music. Well, it kind of all started, it's a, it's a long story that I'm going to make short. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. I've always been surrounded, I'm an only child, but I've always been surrounded by children and I always had this knack for puppeteering. I remember one time my parents got me this little puppet and I started making a voice with the puppet and they were like, oh, she's so great. But being a, a kid from professionals, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a teacher, lawyer, there was nobody in my family that could orient me or guide me how to make a career in the music or the performance business, especially coming from Peru. Mm. That's really tricky because in Peru, especially in the 90s where I grew up, it was very limited, the uh the reach that you could have as a musician there were like three four bands and uh everybody in soap operas and, and, and tv looked very very caucasian there was definitely a stigma there um so i it was really nervous especially also as a as a music singer i would see i would look at this singer in in mexico called daniela romo she had long hair and i would always sing in front of the mirror so that was in the back of my head but i just couldn't see it complete to fruition ever <laughs> because I didn't want to sing at a bar and get harassed and, and I could see that a lot from female musicians so I was I felt a little bit safer in theater because that's a group of people that make a performance uh, and I would teach theater and puppetry on the side ever since I was able like I was 17 I taught like with kids oh, once I finished my career as an actress I studied I started doing storytelling with music 
and I would go to Ooh. schools and I would apply the music there. But music for kids is not a thing in Peru. <laughs> it's just not. There was like one lady and like it wasn't it wasn't what I saw myself doing. I wanted to do like a TV show, which is also something that is still in the back of my mind. So I was like, okay, I, I might be able to sell my storytelling shows more than music shows. And that's exactly what I end up doing. And then always I was like, I know I want to do musical theater in New York. I want to do musical theater in New York because when I was 14 and I came here and I saw a musical theater performance, I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. What did you see? I think it was, uh, it was not, I don't think it was. It was at the, um, the Miserables. Oh, cool. Oh, so good. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh my God, I want to be a pudding so bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I needed to, you know, fulfill because I didn't see myself in Peru. I was like kind of sad and depressed for no reason, right? And, you know, I had a mentor that was just like, yeah, you should just, you know, try it out. So I auditioned for several academies since I already had a bachelor's in theater and education because I ended up getting something, an associate degree with education. I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to go, dad, for like a couple of years. <laughs> and then maybe, maybe I'll come back, but I need to do this. And if you don't help me, I'm just going to take out a loan. And he's like, you're not going to get a loan. And, and like the way that I portray my parents is funny because they've always been very supportive. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, in my yeah, head, totally. in yeah. my head, they were not right now. They're always very supportive, but yeah, they were like, "Okay, you go and do your thing." And I did my thing, and I went. Uh, I got accepted in several universities, and I picked the American Musical and Dramatic Academy because there was like a two-year program, and I was like, yeah. "I want to do college again." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like twenty-four. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> And they're wonderful people. I did all, all the theater things that I that I was able to do. Uh, I was always put in a box. So uh, I was like, no, I don't want to just be the Latina on Broadway. I just want to be able to portray any role. But that was yeah. not the way things work. And it's changing, but, you know, it's still out there. So uh, I started doing also teaching and storytelling. Like it always just falls back to it because that I think that's like you know my calling. And I I was ignoring it for a little bit. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right, I'll do this because I love doing it. And I started doing uh, performances with this company that taught Spanish through music. So I was like, oh okay. And I did a concert through El Museo del Barrio, and I was the lead in that band. And I was like, why don't I just do this? This is everything that I want. This is theater, storytelling, this is music, and this is for kids. So, yes, yeah, so that's how I got inspired. And I, it was kind of hard to go freelance and ditch all of the theater companies and, and, and companies that I was working for, you know, as a teaching artist and, and, you know, doing shows at libraries through them. So it's pretty much I quit all of them. <laughs> really scary and at the same time I got pregnant so awesome <laughs> that's great I released chicken music boom with no PR no knowledge no idea what's happening with the world oh yeah um, and it got me booked through some places but I think I got smarter the second time and I did Fiesta Global and then the pandemic came. <laughs> yep. You you and I both released albums. That's when we met. We both released albums that we had the same PR person and we were like ready to go. Like, we, I think we both had really excellent. Yeah. I mean, I loved my album. I loved your album. It was like, yeah, here we go, guys. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be our year. And then, you know, <laughs> that was then the pandemic happened. And yeah, I definitely personally lost a lot of momentum. You somehow <laughs> were able to release another album already, which was so impressive. Well, what else like, I was supposed <laughs> to do? I was really thrown 
you know, like I, I wasn't able to, you know, I mean, I actually record one, but I just kind of, you released an album. I went to grad school. <laughs> I should have gone to grad school, but with, with two kids, there was no way. You also I, got like, pregnant. You had another kid. So that's got another awesome. kid. So I was like, oh gosh, uh, what am I doing? Um, but I think Pachamama was something that I really needed to release, especially within Everything that was happening at the moment, you know, during the pandemic with the Grammy nominations and all of that and people, you know, talking about all of the problems that with diversity and equality, um, I felt like I needed to release something that was true to my roots, which was Pachamama. And that was something that I just I just had to do. It was like, I'm going to do it and I want to do it. Um, and it was beautiful. Great. It was, it's a great, it's a great album. album. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I really like it. I, I think it's it's awesome. I remember when you released it, I was like, oh, yay, I'm excited to hear what this is. And yeah, it was it's it's really cool music. Thank you. I, I had a lot of people that were amazing behind it. And then right now I'm working on another one um, that is mostly for my toddler. So <gasps> I I think I did the Pachamama one and now I'm going to do like Pachamama was fun, but, you know, it was deep. It was deep yeah. for families and it was necessary. And right now I'm just focusing on the fun of being a toddler. And that's what this next album is going to be. <laughs> that's great. I mean, I've loved seeing uh, you kind of, at least in the children's music community, start becoming like I see your name pop up more and more. And I think that's pretty awesome. And I don't know, just seeing you like working with people and uh you know, we have our Facebook groups and just seeing how encouraging and, you know, present you are there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. So so you would you say that like Pachamama was for older kids kind of and families? Is that kind of your target in that for that album? Is that what you were meaning or because you're saying it was deep kind of for families? Like your target age would be like what? So Cheeky album. Music Boom was for like little ones. I think Fiesta Global was for everybody. I think Pachamama was also for everybody. But I end up doing a lot of those school shows and it works. It works great for school shows. And like then, elementary? Uh, yeah, like elementary. And even, you know, you know, I haven't done a middle school show, but I think it could still work because we talk about our roots. And I, in the shows, I kind of mix both of my latest albums, you know, and... And I put We Came to America and we explained about our ancestors and where I am from. And kids try to figure out where they, they are from. Some of them know. Some of them have no idea. And some of them said New Jersey. And I'm, that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where are your ancestors from? Ecuador, Romania, New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, New Jersey. That's really cute. So then, then I'm like, all right, we're still in the U.S., but okay, you try. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> It's it's great. I I love doing shows for schools, and I think I'm gonna be focusing on doing that. Um, you know, because I, I think it's really good. Actually, I'm going to my daughter's school on Friday to bring a little bit of my culture and my music to to them, and I'm really excited. She's in, she's in second grade. I think that your music. Uh, one thing that I was drawn to in, in terms of your music. Now, as a person, just a musician who makes music for children, but who does not have children. But one thing that drew me to it just as a musician is the musicianship in your songs and the complexity of harmonies that you have, I think is really, uh, I really like that. That's kind of something that I strive to do as well in my music. And I think that it's, it's, uh, you know, there, I think that people have a lot of different opinions I've noticed about 
the type of music that children maybe should be listening to and the type of music that is for kids. Mm-hmm. And something I think is interesting in your music is that it's like these songs, if if you just maybe sometimes sometimes you have, you know, your awesome silly voices that you do and like the, and I love like you know, in your first album, like that is great, like the call and response you do, and it's so clever. But also if you just sang kind of straight a lot of these songs could just be for grownups, <laughs> you know, like True. they're, they're just, so- they're just songs and they're, mm-hmm. but they're kind of complex. Maybe like uh, they're, be- they're beautiful. You know, I-, I guess I'm saying that they have a, a harmonic complexity that is not in a lot of other uh, music. And I think that there are some differing opinions about kind of what type of music kids should be hearing and what makes a song for a kid. I guess, what is your opinion about like, what is this, what is children's music? What makes a song a child song versus a grown up song? I think it has to do with the educational part of it. Um, and as I say that, I'm thinking about the new album that I'm, I'm bringing to the table because that has more of a children's music vibe. And I think it's because I am doing this album from the perspective of a toddler. So all the songs are in like first person and they they're doing all of our routines um, that we do during the day. So there's a bath time, there's a play time, there's a no oh, nap I love time. That. Um, so I'm doing that for for them. But I mean, the no nap time song is inspirational in Weezer. So it sounds very Weezer-y. <laughs> to me, what makes a, a children's song is uh, either an identification with the song, something that it belongs in the children's world, um, that they can identify with or it has it has an educational purpose so for example the, this main title song pachamama talks about all mother nature stuff and and i explain to them that before i sing it um and it's in my educational guide that i send to schools or, or whenever i've asked i've been asked to to do that so that i think that corresponds with the children's music world something that either they identify with or that has an educational value purpose and, and, and meaning behind it oh and, that's that's great keep going but unfortunately I love that. um you know within the latin music world that is kind of lost and the so the way that it works when you do music and i'm talking about the grammys because that's you know the most important award that a musician can receive in the world um within the latin grammys what they qualify as children music is either geared up from zero to five and that's pretty much it. And it makes me sad because some people say, oh, no, that, that song is too old. And I'm like, that song is not too old. That song, that album is not too old. But that's what they, they, they believe that music for kids is. And when I think about my own culture, I'm like, well, that's, this is why an eight-year-old is listening to Bad Bunny. Because it doesn't have the access to music that is for eight-year-olds because all the music that Latin, uh, the Latin music wants it to be is until five. And it makes me sad. You know, I think... Wow, that's, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. I think the U.S. actually embraces more aspects of children's music in a bigger way. You know, like like the Alphabet Rockers just won the Grammys and their music right. is for older kids. Definitely. And it, there's a lot of value in that that gets lost within the Latin music community. That makes me very, I don't know, I'm not even going to say upset or I'm even going to say sad, but it makes me really puzzled. Mm. So that's what uh, they put their limits in children's music. And I'm, I'm trying to change that. Hopefully at some point I can because... I. 
I would really want them to acknowledge that if you give the children, the eight-year-old, a chance to be a child and listen to music that matters to them, that you can see it. And I see it now with my seven-year-old who is leaving that little childhood age growing yeah. to be a little bit more girly and like getting her earrings and like yeah. all the stuff that you know older kids do but she still enjoys the music especially like she's she's into the alphabet rockers now of course you know yeah <laughs> she's into all of this older kids music that I, I appreciate that I have the knowledge but unfortunately not of not a lot of people have the knowledge that this type of music exists for kids and family. Exactly. So I think uh, what you're doing and what other people are trying to do is amplify that. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so interesting. I didn't know that about the Latin music world, that there's kind of that limit there. That's something that's that doesn't... It's funny because I feel like there's so much music in the family music world here, the kindy music world in America that is for those older kids. I see that like that older age group I see a lot of music for that alphabet rockers that getting uh, Joni leads, you know, she's up there in that, those older kind of kids world. Um, it's like more heady and it's for like elementary age people. I see that a lot, but I, I didn't, it never occurred to me that there might be a limit somewhere. You know, I, there's, I mean, I mean, that's maybe a good thing. There's space then in the Latin music world for that to hopefully come through, you know, so there is so. space for you. I mean, if it's not there, then even if it's being edged out, there's room for that, I think. And I, and I hope that that happens. You know, people often talk about how they want, you know, to make something that parents like. And I, again, I've noticed sometimes people rankle at that, it's like children's musicians, because it's not, huh. I don't know, I've just noticed that not everyone agrees with like that it should be for parents, but just that because some stuff, kids just, they want to listen to Baby Shark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not for parents. And kids love Baby Shark. You know, well, sometimes and it is, I like baby shark. I like baby shark personally, <laughs> but I don't think it's necessarily for parents. And, and there's a lot of baby shark jokes I notice. <laughs> but yes, I think baby yes. shark's a great song and is a great example of the simplicity that not necessarily like kids aren't necessarily going to be listening to what the parents want them to listen to. They're going to listen to what they like. I think your music is nice because it is. It's uh, both of those things. It's you know, and I think it's really cool. It's interesting that your puppetry kind of has informed your music. Also, how did you come to puppetry? And and besides just doing it for your family and people around you, how did you get professionally into that? I guess since music was not a, an optional career in Peru, definitely puppetry was absolutely not a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have Elmo, uh, and like we had, I think we had a show in, t- in TV in Peru that had a puppet, and but it was like one person. That's it. I kind of let that go and use my voices for acting, and then when I came here, I ran into Teatro Sea, which is a, a beautiful educational company that does a puppetry and theater. That's a bilingual puppetry and theater. I, I came to them and I was like, I don't really know how to puppeteer. And I oh, will teach you. And I pretty much like was taught within the moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was cool. like, all right, okay. I have to do this now. Oh, how does this work? All right. And uh, it was great. I think he, he taught me a lot of, of, of ways of puppetry because they use different kinds of puppetry. And then I auditioned for the Swedish Cottage Marinette Theater. And it was the same thing. I'm like, I already know how to do marinades. I'm like, oh, we're going to teach you. I'm like, all right, thank you very much. I worked with them for a very, very short brief amount of time. Uh, because I got something else going on. But that, that's how I learned the puppetry. So I used the voices. Uh, and it was really funny to do that that radio show. I was like, I'm going to do it with my puppet, which is myself, just a different voice. But 
it, it has to do a lot with acting and how that puppet embodies your your persona and like mm. you should have seen me rec- I should have recorded myself recording that show because it was literally like Jekyll and Hyde it was like two per- people inside of me me <laughs> and my puppet but without the puppet and yeah yeah <laughs> Wow, that's so funny. Yeah, you should have. That would be great. I, I might do it at some point. But it, it's like that. So that's that's where the puppetry comes from. That's where the puppetry stays. And the puppetry can also become animation, which is hopefully something that I'm trying to do at some point. Oh, that would be so cool. And would you do that here or in Peru or do both? Like, is there? do you have any access to somewhere in Peru to try to get that off the ground? Because I'm sure you could develop that here and then you could do it English, like bilingual here and then Spanish in Peru. You know, like so the, way, the way that it works in Peru is, I don't know if there's more gatekeeping or less. I, I definitely is more gatekeeping there, um, and like even people that have won, you know, awards and everything, um, it's kind of hard to to get in that way. And the thing about it is that I'm I'm kind of hoping for somebody to take off here. And then go there because I'm going to tell you a funny story. So I went to Peru for the holidays, I think 2017 or something like that. And I had my first album, right? So I was like, mom, do you think we can book something in Peru? Because I also pat into my theater contest. And she's like, maybe yeah, I know this person from the municipality, which is like the, the mayor of the town that we live in. And I was like, oh, let me talk to him. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do a, a concert. I'll open for, for this big Christmas show that you guys have. And they were like, oh, okay. They had no idea what I was doing so I go there (laughs) I go there and I go with my guitar and they're like where are the rest of your things and I'm like well this is it I'm I'm gonna sing and the kids are gonna love it and they're like what (laughs) because everybody that does shows for kids they have this big like you know uh foam characters that they put on and clowns and like a lot of colors because I and I think that's their idea right and I'm like no no I have me in this guitar and, and don't worry it's gonna be great and they're like oh, okay <laughs> and it was fun and then of course after I finished I'm like oh yeah and then and then this big show came in with this gigantic you know characters and like oh it's all playback it was all playback and I was just like no no disrespect to playback but I think we could we could do it live we could if they only believed and and it wasn't the norm not to um they definitely were very um taken back when I showed up with my guitar <laughs> Wow, that's so funny. That's it. I yeah, because I guess that's the culture. Yes, the the big and and the ladies and the girls that do it have like a very short skirt, and you know, <laughs> yes. And oh, I'm like, okay. this is for okay. kids. What do you need a short skirt? Oh, you should uh, check out this uh, show that we had running in the nineties. That I was a big fan. It was called Nube Luz, like like okay. cloud and light. Nube yeah. Luz, and like you see, look like the girls. You know, they were there for the parents. <laughs> For the male parents. (laughs) It was a good show, though. I really like the songs. (laughs) Wow, interesting. I'm going to look that up for sure. Peruvian television show. I'm seeing it right now. Oh, yeah, look at those girls. (laughs) This was actually, like, huge in all Latin America. Um, Wow. They should do something like that again, but with longer skirts. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah. Oh, look, and they're they're white. They're all white girls. Like, yeah, yeah. They look very Caucasian. Yeah, Caucasian women. They don't look like what most of 80% of Peru looks like. Yeah, what most of the kids watching Polly look like. Yes, exactly. So it oh, was that, I want. Yeah, I want you to 
to be in a show. Oh yeah, look at these. They're like basically in bathing suits. I think because I live here, I think I have more contacts and more access to that. So I'm trying to make something happen on my end here and then bring it there. You know, the way that a lot of things, you know, happen. Um, because even though I could go back there, I just don't see myself living there for a several amount of reasons, personal and, and business-wise. I'm really happy here. You know, my family's here. My kids go to school here. Their whole world is here. So I don't, I'm not planning on going there to start something, but maybe, hopefully, I can do something here and then bring it there and modify it. You know, uh, getting some success here will definitely help open up doors there. I really hope that you're able to make the show. I'm, I'm excited to hear your new toddler project. <laughs> Bath time, so, night time, the times of the day. It, right? it is. It's pretty Play much the times time. of the day. Uh, there's a wake up song, which I, uh, Lucy Calentari uh, is producing that one. Because cool. I, in, in this album, I have some songs that were produced by Lucy and some songs that were produced by Dean. Um and, and and the Lucy one is a merengue because she's Dominican. And I'm like, girl, we need to do this a merengue. Because in the, in the morning, that's what I feel like. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to get ready. I need to get the breakfast. I need to get it. And I put yeah, him in the yeah. bus and I'm like. <sighs> yeah. It, it's like, that's what I feel. It's, it's either a merengue or like a punk. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, great. Oh, my God. That's so fun. <laughs> Which sometimes uh, cross over, actually. Yeah, you know, I think I wrote it as a punk and I'm like, no, we need to switch to merengue. Uh, and then, you know, there's all these different songs in it um, that I think they're going to be super fun. Um, but I need to figure it out. What am I going to release it and what am I going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I'm really excited to, to hear like what you do. And um, I'm obviously a big fan of your music. I'm and, a big fan of uh, yours. Yeah, thanks for coming and talking to me. I'm I'm excited. I hope to see. I still want us to make our salsa song crossover. I, I could pitch that to you so long ago, but I haven't been able to. But it's in my brain of things I want to do. So it's still in my in my notes of things that Ooh. we need to do. So I want to do there. it. I, I mean it. Like I'm not just saying it as lip service. Like I'm coming back to my life. Kind of once you're. Little one gets older, maybe we'll find time to do that. I think it'll be really no, fun. No, it doesn't need to be like that, you know. I yeah, I, true. I, you have to just put like like Peruvians do, put your kid in your backpack and like yeah. take it everywhere. So we'll do it. Okay, great. <laughs> well, we should make it. You know, I, I'm mean, into that. And like making songs these days are kind of easy. I, I'm I'm definitely getting getting into that world. I should have gone to uh, Berkeley for grad school and then I could write more things because, like I said, I didn't go to music school ever. Right. So people say, your music is so complex. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I don't know where that is from. <laughs> it's probably from listening to music that wasn't just one, four, five songs growing up. You know, people expose, I mean, Latin music in general is more harmonically complex, even the probably. pop songs, you know, probably. so it's, I think it's a gift that people, that children who listen to that type of music have, like, because when you're a little kid growing up between one to three or whatever your brain is, assimilating all the sounds that you hear you know and so there's a lot of people talking about classical music but also like jazz music and uh latin music has uh these complex harmonies even just in mm -hmm. a the, you know one four five songs like like bachata is just one four five basically but there's mm -hmm. like this this more complexity to it and to the rhythms that i think is is good for people's brains and and allows people to hear things so you probably just absorbed it and then that's why you're <laughs> making this amazing music but you know musicians don't have to go to music school I didn't go to music school really you know 
Thank you for coming on. You're the best. Thank you for doing this. I think it's it's really important. And I think and whenever I did my show and I started reaching to other musicians, I got to know them. And that I think that's really great. Yeah, it's great. Yes. It's an opportunity for me to meet people, but also it's kind of like a I'm creating a, my own master class where I get to pick people's brains and it's been really eludicating. <laughs> and I'm really glad and but um it's so nice to talk to you and have a great rest of your day and yeah, I hope to meet you in the flesh soon. I'll talk to you soon, Camille. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead and listen to Despierta. Time to get up from Floor's new album Aventuras. Adventures. Enjoy. podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day. Bye.